welcome again to Devotional. I am so excited we're going through this series on prayer entitled Pray ER. Uh, that last two letters means the emergency room for our prayers, where we're looking at scripture to see how we can fortify, strengthen our prayer lives and make them come alive. And no better place than the Lord's Prayer, which is what we're, we have been spending our time these last couple of episodes. And today, we're going to continue looking at this initial part of the Lord's Prayer and how it can impact how I pray and why we pray. So I pray blesses you as we engage again in devotional How to Pray. So we have spent some time discovering that that word hallowed means that through my life, my choices and how I interact with others, how I choose to relate other believers, that oneness that is experienced within the Godhead can be experienced within the body of Christ, within the church. And the world can see that and believe because that is something that cannot be made by human efforts. This oneness that is of divine origin can only come from God and it is, it is miraculous. And it, it is manifested in our families, in our marriages, in our parent-son relationships, and of course in church. And it makes sense because church really is just a, a grouping together of various families. I want to look at the second phrase uh, that follows up on Hallowed Be Your Name, in which Jesus tells us to pray, Your Kingdom Come, which is interesting. If Jesus is asking us to pray, Your Kingdom Come, it implies it's not here. And what does that mean that the kingdom of God is not here? It's not that God is not in control or that he's not the king of the universe. He is king of kings and lord of lords. You see that throughout from um, the Psalms and the book of Revelation, those declarations about the authority of God that encompasses everything. And Jesus said that himself uh, on Matthew chapter 28, all authority is given to me on heaven and on earth. So why would Jesus teach us to pray, your kingdom come, if he is the king of the universe, earth included? Well, he may be the king of everything, but he is a king of love. And a king of love does not force his authority on his creatures. A, the, the kingdom that God has and wants to establish is a kingdom based on love in which, of course, then there's freedom. There's the freedom to love him or not love him and so when we pray for the kingdom of god to come it's not simply that we're praying for the second coming of christ to come but actually something that should govern our priorities now when we're talking about the prayer of the kingdom of god coming it has come to you and me it has come in our hearts now jesus is my king my allegiance is with him which means that it used to be somewhere else before my conversion. I want to read some passages. I want to start with Acts chapter 26, verse 18. This is what Jesus said to Paul as he was reaffirming, as Jesus was reaffirming the call God had placed on Paul. Acts chapter 26, verse 18 says that this is going to be your purpose, Paul, to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me." Jesus here is um, basically describing 
what he is implying when he teaches us to pray your kingdom come the world belongs to a different kingdom a kingdom of darkness jesus says here a kingdom of darkness in which they are under the power of satan the adversary the enemy the destroyer so jesus um, prays tells us to pray that the kingdom of god would come to other human beings hearts as well i want to read one more passage colossians 1 13 this is paul speaking in which he says that Jesus has delivered us from the power of darkness. God the Father, I apologize, has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. And here's that transference. God has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. And that is an ex a present experience. This is not speaking about the second coming. This is speaking about a present experience that you and I need to have, have had, God willing, and others need to have as well. So we, we've already presented how in at the very first sentence of the Lord's Prayer, hallowed be your name, it speaks about our pursuit of oneness within the body of Christ. And it makes sense, complete sense, that Jesus would follow that with your kingdom come because when we read John chapter 17, when Jesus is praying for us to experience this oneness, look at the results of that oneness. That they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us. Why? So that the world may believe that you sent me. Later on, Jesus says that they may be one just as we are one, I in them and you in me, that the world may know that you have sent me twice. Twice this oneness um, that reflects the holiness of God, the oneness of God. Twice Jesus says that the effects, the results of the world beholding such a oneness would lead them, would create strong potential for them to believe and to know Jesus is real, Jesus is alive, and he makes a miracle within the human heart. He takes us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, into his kingdom, the kingdom of Jesus Christ, the kingdom of freedom, freedom to love, to be able to uh, care for one another in the same way that the Godhead cares for one another. So it, Jesus quickly transitions this prayer for unity into a evangelistic, a evangelism minded kind of prayer. It is not simply that we share intentionally the gospel, but that initially, first and foremost, our foundation is that we manifest oneness within the body of Christ. That that ought to be a priority in order for the world not simply to hear truth, but to see it in action. Not only to hear a theory, but to see the impact of this belief in the lives of believers, making the truth attractive because the, the, our lifestyles, our living this out, makes it a, a thing of truth, of veracity, of legitimacy. This kingdom that is yet not here is something that needs to expand. It's good that you and I, are, if we are listening and we are Christians, that is an awesome thing. But if you know of individuals that have yet not experienced this transition from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, when I say your kingdom come, I am making myself available. 
to make that happen. So when I pray for this, I'm not simply praying, Lord, excuse me because I'm so busy with my business right now. Or Father, I'm so caught up with studies right now. I just don't have time for your kingdom to come. If I can't make myself available so that the kingdom of God can come into other people's lives, how can I pray for unity and oneness? See, the one goes with the other. The mission necessitates the oneness of the church. And the oneness of the church will inevitably lead for us to want others to experience this oneness as well. When I see the joy and the blessing, we just had a baptism this past uh, weekend at church and it was such a joy for me to see and hear, even from this individual getting baptized, how the church welcomed and hugged and embraced him and made him feel like a part of the family. That is the testimony, the living testimony that there's something unique within the church, that there's something unique within this body of human beings and that is this oneness. And this oneness becomes essential in seeking the kingdom of God to come. Are you available for God? Or are you allowing the, the deceitful lies of the enemy to convince you that you are too busy, too tired, too many things going on in your life? I get tempted with those kind of thoughts all the time, and I'm a pastor. I have tons of ministry needs. I have two churches and administrative uh, things and planning and visioning and all those things. And I'm a husband and I'm a father of a six-year-old and a one-year-old. Busy at home, busy at church. Certainly, Lord, um, I'm doing this stuff already for your kingdom so I can be exempt. No. Father, I want oneness in my marriage. I want oneness between me and my children. I want oneness between me and my brothers and sisters at church so that when I share, I can share with confidence that people will see and believe that you have sent your son Jesus Christ. People will see the oneness in my family. People will see the oneness in my church and will come to know that Jesus is real. I need to make myself available to God for that. This is not a prayer of you and I pulling ourselves up by our, our bootstraps and doing this. This is a prayer of crying out, recognizing our dependence on the Lord doing this in our lives. Make your name be holy is, Father, honor the prayer of your Son for us. Hear that prayer that Jesus prayed centuries ago that they may be one as you and I are one. Father, make us one. Father, do I need to forgive someone? I wondered, and then I'm going to get a little bit ahead at the risk of getting ahead, and that's okay. But I wonder why at the Lord's Prayer, the Lord, after He finishes with that climactic statement of, For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. He follows it up with this. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Because forgiveness is crucial for oneness. And forgiveness is something that sometimes we are tempted to not give, that we are convinced certain people just should not be forgiven. Do you find yourself holding a grudge or resentment? This prayer is an invitation for freedom. Freedom so that you, your heart is available for God. Your life, your resources, your talent are available for God so that 
others may see holiness in your life because there is unity between you and your spouse, you and your family, you and your church. And essential, vital for that unity to exist is this element of forgiveness. I pray that you and I will be empowered by the grace of God to forgive anyone whatever needs to be forgiven even now, even today, so that as forgiveness is extended, oneness can be restored. It is that oneness that gives credibility to the gospel, and it is that oneness that will allow the kingdom of God to be spread one heart at a time, one person at a time, as they see you treat your spouse, your wife, and your and your or your or your husband, your children, your church members. As we are imperfect, so as people see us forgive one another, openly extend, seeking for that unity, it will make the gospel spread like fire. Father, here I am. Use me. I ask. I, I that is my prayer today, Lord. Lead me to forgive. Lead me to seek for oneness, unity, and peace. I ask that that can be your prayer as well. Forgive those that need to be forgiven and seek for that oneness that will make Jesus real to a skeptical world. What a wonderful way to pray. What an incentive to pray daily. I hope that this has been a blessing. Until the next episode, this is Pastor Ariel for Devotional.